Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another episode of Two Things Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and today I am joined by Sarah of My Sister Made Me Buy It, one of my favorite Instagram accounts. Um, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Caroline. Your account is one of my favorites as well. I'm so happy to have you. I'm catching Sarah in the middle of Sephora uh, sale week month um you've really you have very you have very much committed to not only recommending products but like I don't know I saw you spraying your face with water and trying out different (laughs) tubing mascaras and I was like okay round of applause that is so much work it's so much work I know so that mascara post it's so funny so um things I bought and liked reposted it last night Mm -hmm. and it like blew up, but it's from last year. So I'm actually a lot lazier now, but I was more um, motivated last year. So I'm just trying to recycle content as much as I can. Duh. But, um, yeah. My, my sister and I always joke about this because we can never do anything in the, in the middle. It's either like we're not doing it or we're at it a hundred percent. Yeah. Which is, I think why I like never want to do anything. Um, <laughs> so like Sephora, I was like, no, I just, I don't feel like covering it. I'm only just going to briefly cover it. Maybe I'll do a blog post. And then Missy and I just kept having so many ideas. So <laughs> It just, it just got a lot bigger than I thought it would be. I totally get it. And it's like, I feel the same way, especially because you guys are two people, um, at G thinks like Jolie helps me with stuff, but she's also doing her own thing right now. So it's mostly just me and my, um, admin assistant Molly, who is wonderful. But like, sometimes you forget that a lot of these influencer accounts have like teams, like they're full businesses. Oh, man, what? I mean, and that's the thing. Like, so Missy helps sometimes. It's mostly um, you. It's, it's mostly me. Yeah. It's like 10% um, Missy, but this, I thrive off of this. Like I totally was the one who started it and I have the personality for it. Um, Missy is even more of a perfectionist than I am. She and Angie has ADHD. So it's even harder for her mm-hmm. to like finish things because like she'll get it 95% done and then she just like won't finish it. And I'm like, Missy, just finish it. And she's like, she just goes 200%. It's, and when I go 110%. Well, it's almost like you go, cause I'm the same way. Like I go 200%, 90% of the way. <laughs> like, yeah, you right. know, like, and then by the end I'm like, oh, I couldn't possibly finish this. I relate very hard to that. Um, yeah, well, like, why is that? Oh. It's so frustrating. It's very frustrating. Look, imagine how frustrating it is to be in that brain, you know? Yeah. Give us a break. <laughs> Give us a break. It's it's hard. And it's also content is so um, it's funny because I feel like you and I are similar in um, 
you have a bigger account than I do, but in the size of our accounts, in our audiences especially, and in the fact that we're just two normal people um, who, like, have other stuff, like other jobs, other... Like, we're not full-time influencers, but doesn't it make you think every time you see an influencer do, like, a whole thing, you're like, you can't, like, unknow how many hours it took for them to do that. Yes. I have such um, a profound respect for content creators, bloggers, influencers, I think, before I started this, and I always try... Um, not to make people feel sorry for me and buy through my links, although that's a great marketing tactic, <laughs> but I always try to like talk about how much time it takes because people don't understand. Mm. They think um, like I'll go on like you'll hear blog snark. I don't know if you ever go to blog snark mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh, you know, all they do is show all day. And I'm like, you know, maybe they do once they get to a certain amount of followers, but at some point in their influencing career, they were working really, really hard. Um, and they probably still are. They just have teams now, which I mean, do it, get, hire a team if you can afford it. It's like me wanting a house cleaner. Like (laughs) I'm going to delegate as much possible because I feel like at some point um, it's either money or time. And for me, time's more valuable. I agree with that. And I also think that it's, there's plenty you can do as like a person who runs an account by yourself. But I think it's really um, helpful to remember that it's, there, it's like almost impossible standards to look at someone who has like a team of five or six, like pulling together Nordstrom sale stuff, pulling together Sephora sale stuff, like oh, like yeah. having a, you know what I mean? Like you, it's like you couldn't possibly as one person do that, even though there's only like one face to whatever name is on the Instagram account. It's I sometimes have to remember like, look, they she's employing like eight people. Yeah. So even if they're not just like uh, contracting with a photographer, like that's nice or contracting with someone to do your SEO um, for your blog, which I don't even bother with. But, you know, being able to contract out, like I still think that is very smart um, and efficient because I've tried to learn it. It's just not my I'm just not that interested in it. I thought I would love blogging, but, you know, for someone who always procrastinated on all of their English papers. Yeah. And it's literally like the same thing. It's the same thing. It is. Like, it reminds me of being in college, like staying up all night just to write something because I hate, Bissy doesn't like finishing. I don't like starting. Um, So Mm -hmm. we're really a great team. (laughs) That's good. I mean, honestly, it's like a nice relay. You just pass the baton. I, I like respect that. I need, I need someone who likes, I could start a thousand things. I need someone to finish them. I do have a lot of ideas. It's hard for me to get them done. Um, yeah, I mean, I started, I don't remember when I started following your account, but when did you start My Sister Made Me Buy It? So I technically started almost two years ago. Um, my mom passed in 2018 at the end of November, right after Thanksgiving. And on the one year anniversary, because like the first year after a major death in your life, it's just like every holiday or whatever is a milestone. And I was like, okay, so I'm doing my first Thanksgiving with, or technically my second Thanksgiving without my mom and my year anniversary. And I'm like, I need to do something that I've always wanted to do. Um, But mainly I want to get on the internet and show people what like real life is. I think Um, I felt very alone when I was going through my grief with my mom. Um, I felt like 
So, and it wasn't like, I just want to follow someone who's sad all the time. I want to follow someone who's like real life, like sad, but then you're laughing an hour later. And then you're talking about your favorite lipstick, you know, two hours later, like that's, sure. that was me. And that was me talking to my friends yeah. um, in conversation with just about grief. And I'd like to be honest about grief. And um, after my mom passed, we were taking care of my dad. So I just wanted to be honest about it so that other people could see. And that is um, originally kind of why we started. I was hoping to find other people who were caregivers. Um, and we did. We found a ton of people who were in the same situation as us. There's um, a lot of people who are our age that are, they call it the sandwich generation because caring for your parents and you're caring for your kids. And like, wow, it was, it was an intense few years, but I think it happened at just the right time because I, it was during the pandemic and I was, I, I wasn't commuting anymore. So I had a lot more time to dedicate to it. And I was just having so much fun making new friends. Um, mm-hmm. And I, no one thought I would, I would get, I almost have 35,000 followers. No one thought that would happen. I didn't think that would happen. Yeah. Um, but I think this is like something, and you do this too. Like if you just show one of the things that I did at the beginning, which no one knows what you're really doing at the beginning, right. Is I'm in marketing and my full-time job. And I'm like, okay, with every marketing thing, you're supposed to like write out what's your value proposition. What's your mission statement. So I wrote mine out and it was always to be like authentic and, and feel like you're talking to a sister and because Instagram is like a, a mind fuck. Can, oh, wait, can I say that? Yeah. Oh, oh please. Yes, my, yes, okay. yes. Mind fuck. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yep. it's a mind fuck. And um, it's just very hard to know if you're doing a good job or not. So like I would lose like 20 followers and I would freak out. I'm like, is it because I'm fat? It's because I'm fat. <laughs> like it just like the craziest things right. it would bring out all of your insecurities. So I started saving all of the compliments that I received. I wrote down my mission statement and I'm like, are these compliments reflective of my mission statement? And if they were, I'm like, I'm doing a good job. I can't care about the numbers. I just have to show up and be myself. Nice. And after I did that, I would say it took me about a year to be able to do that. After I did that, I just, I, I just started being myself more and more comfortable and um, I've really enjoyed it. Good for you. That's, that's um, such a smart way to approach it. Um, I never think about the unfollowing because I don't tend to look, but I do look sometimes at like reviews for the podcast and like for every 20 incredible reviews of people who I really feel like get me there's always one that like makes me feel so bad and sad and then you're like well what am I supposed to do not everyone's gonna like me like I certainly don't like everyone I barely (laughs) like anyone so I mean like (laughs) like it's right it's like you kind of have to just be like the people who get me will continue to get me and there will be other people who also get me on that level and then you kind of have to just say goodbye to everybody else. Exactly. And I was like, well, I don't follow people. And it's just because sure. well, they're just not my cup of tea. And I and I have to get used to it. And it's hard as a people pleaser that you're not always going to be everyone's cup of tea. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I'm a lot better at it now. And I have Instagram to thank for that. <clears throat> they're going to pe- people who are annoyed by me. That's fine. Unfollow. Yeah. Um, it's I'm here for the people who want to be here. Yeah. And um, I'm not changing myself or my brand for the for the people who don't like me. 
it's just it doesn't make any sense that is so yeah i mean i'm with you i always say like you know i think at my brattiest or my most like baby behavior i'm like well i want everyone to like me like i don't need to like everyone but everyone needs to like me um and i saw this tiktok the other day i think i reposted on instagram but it was like um the it was like i need my friends to understand that i i want to be invited but i'm not coming (laughs) yeah and i really so me (laughs) it's so me i'm like i'm definitely not going but like if you don't invite me that will be my entire therapy session like i will be bringing it up um, my um, best friends always joke because in college, so I graduated in 2007. So in 2006, I was using the word bestie. And in 2009, I was using talking about, my friend was talking about FOMO, yep. like fear of missing out. And then I was like, I definitely have JOMO, like joy of missing out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to invite me, but I'm going to be so happy to stay inside and do nothing. And then I think Jomo kind of got big like a few years ago. And they're like, you invented it. You invented Jomo. Like, yeah, I you, didn't though. <laughs> well, no, in, in, in the context of my knowledge, you invented it. So yeah, it's, it's okay. fine. No, I, I, I get the same amount of joy just being invited to something. Yeah. I'm not going to come. <laughs> like, you want me to get out of bed? What? <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that. But, but thank you so much for inviting me. I mean, I'm like the easy. I'm like, just invite me to everything. I will never show up. Like, unless you really want me there. I also just assume no one wants me there. Does that, like, does that ring true to you at all? Like, like, I'm always shocked if, like, I wouldn't show up to something and someone's like, oh, I'm, like, kind of disappointed you weren't there. Like, it would have meant a lot to me. I'm like, really? Like, why? (laughs) Weird. Okay. I have, like, an inflated um, sense of self sometimes. So I'm always like, they probably (laughs) do want me there because I'm, like, so fun and funny. Um, (laughs) You're like, wow, that party will suck without me. I gotta go. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I... Um, I think my problem is, is I talked about it this week, actually, like I opened up about I just have terrible social anxiety. Mm. Um, I hate crowds. I've always hated crowds. But like, I have a lot of seat anxiety. Um, If someone like one, my old boss, he invited me to his 40th birthday party. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking, like, I know how much seating you have at your house. Where am I going to sit? Like, I thought it consumed me. Like, where am I going to sit if I want to sit down? Like, Wait. It's very weird. <laughs> where does that come from? And and um, wh- how does it manifest itself when you actually show up somewhere? Um, I don't know where it comes from. I think it comes from, like, years of going out in college and not having anywhere to sit in bars when you're, like, really tired. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so, like, I really like that. Yeah. So once I get to the party, I'm usually fine or like a bar. Like I'm almost 37. I'm not just standing at bars anymore. Like mm-hmm. it should be like a sit down situation. And my friends know that. Um, they know like it's if if it's not on open table, I'm not coming. I you know, that's really I'm almost 34. And I I that resonates with me in a way that I like was not expecting it to because now I'm like thinking about like all of my favorite social situations you know like where I where I enjoy being the most and where I thrive being the most and you're right it's like I don't want to be screaming and I definitely don't want to be standing I don't know that I would say I have seat anxiety but I will be able to think like you know will I have to be screaming over someone what's the potential for getting something spilled on me Right. Do I have to wear a going out top to this thing? 
And then yes. like, oh, those are all the questions I asked myself. That's really interesting seat anxiety. Did you end up going? And where did you sit? Yes, you I did. And okay. I had so much fun. And I didn't even really sit down. Like we played oh. like beer pong most of the time. Uh-huh. It was just like, it's just these things in my head where when I don't have control of the situation, of I try to think of plans all the time. Um, it's very annoying, but um, yeah. So <laughs> it's just like, I call it scene anxiety and it's just something I live with among my other anxieties I have. That's really, f- I think that's really funny. And I also think that um, I think there are going to be a lot of listeners who hear that and think, Oh yeah, I have that too. Yeah, <laughs> I I really do hate that every time you end up going, you're like you end up having fun because it's almost like you can't. I like I wish I could remember that the next time, but the next time I'll just be like, just so anxious about it. Like every time I have to do something, I'm like, okay, can I cancel it? Like how many times can I cancel it? Will they hate me if I cancel it? Yeah, I. What it's are like, they gonna think if I cancel it? I don't know. It's really difficult specific dates are like hey 7 30 we're gonna get dinner and I'm like you can't cancel you can't cancel sorry you can't cancel yeah um and you know I've been a lot better about not canceling because well, I never get out anyways mm-hmm. um so I've been a lot better about that but I'll still get anxious like I think you have a friend's giving this weekend and I, I am getting together with my friends too like at a cabin um nice. so and like, I've just been really anxious about like, okay, so what are we going to have for breakfast? What are we going to do this time? Like trying to over plan, but like when we get there, the plans go out the window. We just all sit and like talk and laugh and play games. Yes. Yeah. That's what we do too. And this, I never get anxious about this weekend because I'm, it's a thing we've done for a while and it's something I'm really used to. And I really, I'm very comfortable around these two friends. Um, but what's funny is like my anxiety and my friend's anxiety, like we both go with our husbands, like they manifest in the same ways. So like it will be August and we'll be talking like, okay, well Thursday night we're going to play this game. And like Friday we'll probably <laughs> get up and like, this is what we'll have for breakfast. And it's like, if, if one of us wasn't like that, we would be like, Oh my God, what are you doing? What are you talking about? But it's almost, it's like a self-soothing tactic for both of us. So like for months leading up to this weekend, we're like, and then at Friday at four, we'll probably put on this movie and then everyone will lay around and we'll watch it. Like we like, we like, like knowing what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if like, I don't know, 60% of it doesn't end up happening, but we're constantly like timing things out and talking about what we're going to eat and when we're going to eat it and like the oven schedule. And last year we timed it all wrong and we ate at like 9 p.m. So this year it's all about like, let's get up at like 9 a.m. and start cooking. So we do like a legit full Thanksgiving dinner on Friday. And we've all brought different traditions from our own home Thanksgivings. Uh, to this weekend and we started we that this will be the second year we started we did that because last year when none of us went home for Thanksgiving because the pandemic and it was so much fun and we literally just made it Thanksgiving we put on old um, like some weird people uh, film and then put on YouTube like full Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades so we put them on as if it was like the morning we would put on Christmas music we would do this whole thing we got the timing completely wrong so all of us go to bed at like 8 30 and then we weren't even like eating till nine so it was like a real we got like real fucked on that but like (laughs) ever since June my friend Lee and I have been like 
timing it out. We're like, oh my gosh, okay. And then at 10 a.m., I'll put the cranberries in the oven. And then Dan will have to come over to the kitchen at 10:15 and like take the stuffing out. And this is all planned out on like July 4th. And the weird <laughs> thing is, is like both of us are so anxious and it it manifests in that way that it turns into like a fun activity when I think like we would actually be prescribed medication for this behavior. <laughs> yes. Like I um so my friend, I was always one of my friends who was like organized. Mm-hmm. I really cut back, but like I was like the administrator of vacations. Yeah, I'd go on vacation with my best friend's family, and they're like, "Oh, Sarah's, what is some plan for today?" Because I would just have to like plan it out totally. And I already sent. I mean, everyone has the person in the friend group like who's sending out a shared iPhone note, like, "Hey, yep, <laughs> sign up for what you yeah." Here's do. the like, spreadsheet. Here's the spreadsheet. Yeah. Yep. That's me. Me too. Me and my (laughs) friend group. And um, this is the first year that we're doing it. It's just been really nice. So I am not used to having like extra, like I I do well in um, my career, but I'm not used to having like extra money. And um, we spend a lot of it on, originally we're going to use my sister made me buy it commission um, because it takes like, you know this, it takes like six months at least to start getting paid. Yes. Um, so we really didn't get like a flow of revenue until I would say a year in, and we were going to use it for night care for my dad because he would be up all night. Like we would wake up seven times during the night. Sorry mm-hmm. to be a downer, but it's just yeah. how it is. And so we were going to use it for that. And then once he passed last December and I'm like, mm. no, we're, I'm going to like treat my brother and sister to vacations. Um, so we got to take two family vacations this year um that's so from nice the commission and then like i reached out to my friends a few weeks ago and i'm like hey i'm gonna treat you guys to a cabin um and it's not like that expensive but they just call me money bags now <laughs> but i'm not <laughs> i'm just like k18 is paying like, that's amazing <laughs> yeah, right. that, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing and 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 really nice and like such a good use of funds also because it's like I don't know. You've had a rough couple of years. Yeah. I think that's what like this year has been. I mean, I've been, I've always had anxiety, but this year has been a lot of depression. And I think a lot of people in the pandemic have had that. So this year I'm just like, okay, I'm not following rules. I'm just going to do what makes me happy this year because I need it. And my friends make me happy. Um, and we just like laugh so much. That's yes. what I need. Yes. Um, and if, I mean, yeah, I could be saving for something or like paying off my student loans, which would be nice. But like, I need to have fun now because I'm depressed now. Yes. Like, I feel like if I because they always talk about like, well, you're paying interest or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm paying interest. But if I like saved it up and no one take my financial advice, by the way, (laughs) this is just how I look at it. Um, But I always think of depression interest, like how much more depressed am I going to be if I'm just constantly working and not hanging out with my friends? And of course I can do it. Um, Like my, one of my best friends lives in Detroit, which is like four hours away. So it's hard to get together all of us. And when we Mm. do, it's only two hours. And you know that you're just like, you're just barely at the laughing at everyone is saying stage two hours in. And Mm. I'm just like, I just need like a whole weekend with you guys. Um, Yeah. It just always makes me happy. That is such a nice way of thinking about it. And I think the pandemic actually brought a lot of that to light. And I saw that, especially with my parents too, who have spent the majority of their lives like, really saving and obviously um 
sacrificing like a ton for me and my brother and sister put all three of us through college like I don't know that I really understood how lucky I was and how privileged that was until I was like out of college because I grew up in a place where like everyone's parents paid for college um and it wasn't until I was like older that I realized like my parents both have great jobs but I went to school with kids whose whose parents were like you know VP is at like Chase and who had tons of money tons of money and so it was like I don't know that I really understood that there was a difference growing up it was just like you know everyone has the same amount of money kind of thing like I had I had like my friends who were like very um obviously rich who lived in like massive houses and like did things like went to like the south of France like twice a year and then everyone else was sort of like me which was like you know like upper middle class. Right. And I realized later, like my parents really spent the majority of their adulthood taking care of the three of us. And I, and I'm so, and like saving all their money and they love saving. Like my mom, like once I met Susie Orman and I like, I did like, Oh wow. Oh yeah. I, I, when I worked at NBC, I I met her doing something and I was like, I never, (laughs) never once at that job, like did anything starstrucky. Um, and you actually really weren't allowed to at NBC. Like if you found yourself at 30 rock in the elevator with like, I don't know, John Krasinski, like you literally had to pretend like you didn't know who they were. Like you could not, like they were very strict about like employees not getting like, like too excited and then but then I saw Susie Orman and I was like this is my chance and I have a video and I will post it to the G thanks feed but I literally like did a a production I did a produced a video with her and then I was like I have to tell you my mom's obsessed with you and she's so good with money I literally just like I went for it and my mom was very excited like you could I it could have been like Obama you know what I mean like it was like showing her that video was like mom I met the queen of England and she says hi um All of this to say that when the pandemic happened, I felt like my parents were like, holy shit, like, we need to start like doing stuff. I think the absence of being able to do anything really made people realize like, you can save and save and save and save. And in fact, you probably should, you know, you should save as much as you can. But you should also like live your life. And go places and do things and have fun and like make some memories because I think there's a lot of of stuff in our culture especially that's like we're all like waiting for like some specific day where it's like and now you can save and now you can spend all the money you saved you know like I think in my parents head they're like and you know in a few years we'll go on this trip I think the pandemic made them realize like holy shit like what like we have to we have we need to go do some things Um, I think we all kind of felt like that. Like I'm much less kooky about, uh, like an extra $200 to make a trip more comfortable, like upgrading to like a a better Airbnb or like a better seat on a plane or whatever, because I find a lot of value in that. Like I find a lot of value in my own comfort. Um, and you know, not doing anything for like over a year makes you realize that like when you're doing stuff, it better be good. And it better be fun. And a long-winded way of saying, like, I agree that, like, debt and interest and credit scores are important, but also, like, they're made-up numbers. Um, and and we're all going to die with, 
is it wrong to say we're all going to die with debt? I mean, I feel like maybe that's also bad financial stuff to say. But like, what are we doing this? What's so important about a really high credit score? Because like the made up system (laughs) says we have to like, it's not it's not a it's not it doesn't determine your own value of being a human. And I feel like we, we put a lot of pressure on those numbers. Yeah, they don't like publish it in your obituary. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and I think that having, so I'm 37, like my dad, my mom passed when I was 33 and my dad passed when I was 35. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone's like, man, that's, you know, that's hard to lose them so young. And of course it is. Uh, and there's people who've lost them even younger. And, but I am just so like, I'm a thankful person and I'm just thankful that there's a lot of people who have really bad relationships with their parents and I didn't, I loved them so much. We had Sunday dinner every week and I don't regret any of that time I spent with them. And when you lose someone you love, um, all that you have are memories. And that's what's like, when I want to call my my mom or like talk to them, I pull up my memories note. I made like a memories notes Mm. of things that make me laugh or smile. And like almost all of them are things of like, either just like hanging out at Sunday dinners or maybe they're on a family vacation. Um, Like, so when you're just constantly not just constantly working and not spending time with your family, you're missing out on those memories and it's just not worth it to me. Yeah. I, I think we um, forget that like the, (laughs) this sounds very a cliche, but like that saying, like, these are the good old days. Um, and you like don't know that you're like in them until you're out of them. Oh yeah. And that's like really what Andy true. says at the end of the office. Is that what he says? I never even saw the end yeah. of the office. I'm like just a paraphrase yeah. from this show. I'm like I actually made that no. up. <laughs> no, I I don't know if it's a saying or not, but I just like everything relates back to a TV show. <sighs> yeah, um, of course. Like when you're talking about Thirty Rock, I just uh, we're rewatching 30 rock right nice. now. So I'm like, oh, it's Kenneth. So there's no real Kenneth the page. Um, but there are <laughs> real pages, just so you know. Yeah, I did. I knew they, but they're not like Kenneth. Um, there not. there might have been a Kenneth or two in, in our time. Oh, really? But, oh, of course. <laughs> there. I mean, there's also a lot of Liz Lemons in that in that building. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, art imitates life, I'll say. Um, yeah. Mm. But I also, you know, both my, uh, all of my grandparents are gone and, um, I have a lot of memory. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's like, I think back to all the time I had with them. And uh, it used to make me really sad. And now I'm at a stage in my life where it makes me really happy. It's different when it's your parents, I'm sure. And I don't have that experience. But, like, I'm sure there's, I don't know, especially the time of year that you lost both your parents. Like, this is a, this must be, like, kind of a difficult season for you it's 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 a terrible season like and it's funny because I even feel a lot better because I got on an antidepressant nice August so I feel a lot better um but it's just like my body knows like my body is in like like last year my dad spent like most of the time most of all in the hospital so like my body it like smells the leaves falling or something and it like tenses up and it's like sarah you should be sad right now Mm -hmm. um so why don't you just go crawl into bed and not do anything and not be able to focus on anything not be able to finish anything Mm -hmm. like it's very frustrating but i've been a lot better um i've been making myself i do like walks without music which I never thought I'd be able to do oh, wow and it has been so helpful for me 
I'm not saying it's like a cure-all because I'm also on Wilbutrin and Zoloft, but yeah, no, I get it. Um, the walks have helped me. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I have never been alone with my own thoughts on a walk. I'll say that. Was it hard it's to get hard. used to? It was really hard to get used to. And um, I think it's like kind of, maybe it's part of mindfulness. Um, so I'm just like walking and I'm just thinking a lot of times because I like birds. Mm. Um, <laughs> I just, that's something my dad picked up. He was um, in a wheelchair and it was hard for him to um, get out without us helping him. So he took up like bird watching. And he loved seeing cardinals because he thought they were my mom. So we, I started taking up bird watching with him and I'm terrible at it. So when I do walks, a lot of times I'm just like looking in the sky and I'm like, maybe I'll see a bald eagle today. Maybe I won't. And it becomes a lot easier when. Nice. You have like a goal. Yeah. When you have a goal. And it's not like I always, it's just like a lifelong goal to see a bald eagle in the wild flying. Um, and a lot of people think it's silly that like we have bald eagles everywhere, but I don't know about you, but when I was in like elementary school, like bald eagles were near extinction. Like it was, was, were you, was it like that for you? Oh my God. You're, you have just unlocked a uh, part of my brain, the obsession with bald eagles in the nineties. That was like a really, yeah. Obsessed. And where did you grow up? I grew up in like central Ohio in okay. a small farm town where they had drive your tractor to school day. So Excellent. like, <laughs> like, I just feel like we talked about bald eagles a lot and how they were endangered. And like, I don't, wasn't there like a U.S. weekly reader? I don't remember, but there was like this, ma- like this school magazine you'd get. And it was always about bald eagles. So it's just like ingrained oh, in me wow. to want to see a bald eagle. You, you have just brought back, it, it, um, it's exciting. To, I grew up in the suburbs of, of, of Manhattan and I, it is exciting to me that this was just a nationwide phenomenon. Um, <laughs> bald <laughs> eagles and for some reason like wolves, just extinct yes. animals in general. It's like that yeah. was like the um, eco version of like saying no to drugs it must have been like very trendy oh, totally in like 1994 and then it just stuck it's like the way my mom thinks like salt will like kill us all because like oprah said it like once on like one <laughs> yeah. show and now we're like still talking about it in my family it's been like 30 years wow yeah bald <laughs> eagles bald eagles you're right like I- i'm literally i can smell my elementary school as i'm thinking about this <laughs> like just sitting no, um okay. cross-legged like in the cafeteria and like having someone from like the nature preservery preservery or whatever come in and like tell us how like our uh the bald eagles were dying yes we would have like endangered species week you know where you yes. had to like count how many animal crackers were in like an animal cracker thing yes i always remember food so, so like, depressing I remember that yeah no totally <laughs> and they're like we're gonna adopt if you bring in enough yes. money we'll adopt a bald eagle or something <laughs> like to help protect them i'm like yes i have to bring in all the money you're like so, many, are yeah. so important you're like oh my god this is resting on me on my shoulder yeah. you're like i'm seven yeah i'm seven i'm in, in second grade i'm so stressed yeah you're like i'm so stressed mom the bald eagle are gonna die if I don't get twenty dollars from you immediately. Did you guys also in elementary school sell wrapping paper? Was that a thing? Yes. And my mom loved it. So it's so like she I would always be embarrassed because we would like sell candy and wrapping paper. My mom would always buy wrapping paper and I was always so embarrassed by it. But I mean it is quality wrapping paper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, the the baton has been passed. You are now the mom. You're like, it's actually really good. And if you buy it all at once, you know, it'll last you the whole year. You're like, it's a deal. 
Oh, wow. I am not even kidding. Like, when we were cleaning out my mom's house, like, we found, I would, I don't know, probably 50 rolls of, of wrapping paper. And it was, like, the nice kind. And I'm like, man, like, I'm we have enough wrapping paper to last us so many Christmases. But she would always buy, I think it was, like, Charleston wrap or something. Um, because Rebecca, uh, my daughter, she yeah. brought it home from daycare once. And my mom bought some. What a good mom. I would be like, mom, can we go out and like, can I knock on door? My mom's like, absolutely. You were not. No, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) Manhattan's a little different. Well, no, I grew up in the suburbs though. No, I grew up in the suburbs. I wasn't in the city, but like my mom was like, "Mm -mm, no, we're not doing that. And I would be like, mom, can you take it to your office? And she's like, "Mm -mm, no, 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 I'm not doing that either. (laughs) I'm always so jealous of the kids whose parents come in with like the Girl Scout cookies, like sign up sheet in the break room. And like, you know, they're going to get it. I mean, like I was, I've bought so many Girl Scout cookies from like various five-year-olds of colleagues in the last like 15 years of my life. And my mom would have never, (laughs) she would have been like, I'm not going to ask that anyone pays $8.99 $8.99 for a roll of wrapping paper. Thank you very much. <laughs> but my grandma was different. My grandma was one of those people that like, and I think I inherited this from her. And I don't know if you have this bug either. And I feel like you might because we're both very shopping minded. My grandma loved to like go to the store on like December 26th and like buy all the wrap, all the Christmas wrapping paper for like pennies to the dollar and then she would like keep it in like one of my aunt's like childhood bedrooms and it was like the Christmas room and like my but then but it got to the point where it was like no longer economical and my grandma was like just buying it because it was on sale and she died um in 2014 and my mom and all of her siblings had to clean out their house and she was like there's like 175 things of wrapping paper yeah. <laughs> like what is it it's so it, it, i think it might be depression like depression minded like the scarcity thing yeah um but it is so funny and my mom's like the opposite like like she will burn the house down before like uh, she makes us have to clean out all like like there's nothing I have I'm like mom where are my babysitter's club books oh no 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 I gave those away I'm like mom where are my beanie babies she's like those in the trash I'm like where, where, mom where's my childhood that that's 100% me because like my dad was like a hoarder and my mom was like into sewing and so she always had a lot of stuff everywhere and we didn't have a big house um so my dad was just like he had depression and mm-hmm. he was like a sh- he loved shopping on Amazon so yeah um, me too always so much stuff and like it made me an anti-hoarder like and me and you know people are gonna get mad at me for saying this but like sometimes like if I'm done like moving or something this is a class um I don't know first class example of what I do like I'm moving I'm over it like I just moved and packed stuff all day Mm -hmm. and then my sister will come and be like Sarah you forgot a curling iron in this drawer and I'm like throw it away Mm -hmm. like I just I absolutely cannot deal with one other thing in my life right now just throw away the curling iron yeah I don't think you're (laughs) alone in that not at all I'm I'm like a big proponent of the buy nothing group in my neighborhood and I'm like constantly like there's stuff in front of my house you can come get it <laughs> like yeah just come take it I need to do Facebook marketplace and just be like it's free like I'm not even trying to sell it just take it off my porch you you have to have a I buy nothing group in your in your neighborhood though right I'm sure we do but oh. sometimes sometimes the groups like creep me out mm. because it'll be like buy nothing group and then all of a sudden like someone's on a racist rant about yeah. like you know walking in a hoodie outside their house yeah so it's that's just like you know it's it's a risk. Yeah, it's um. it, it goes it gets to very like nimby status like pretty quickly. Yeah. 
if you're not careful. Yeah. But sometimes if you just go in with a one track mind and you're like, I've got a bunch of dishes and I'm going to leave them here and like leave before you can read any of the comments. Like, some yeah. <laughs> um, next door is hilarious. So, next I mean, door like is so nuts. What's the craziest nuts. thing you've ever seen on next door? Oh my God. I don't, I can't even, my friends. So the ones that I'm in, like we live on a golf course and most of the time it's just like, uh, people posting videos of people not po- um, picking up their dog's poop. Mm. But <laughs> my friends, um, like we joined my hometown <laughs> next door and it is <laughs> wild, like wild, like heroin, creepy dolls. Oh no. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of um, Stefan from SNL. Yeah, like it has everything. Yeah, this club has everything. <laughs> Traffic cones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 wild. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I used to have like the Citizen app in New York, and I don't know if you have that, but it was very problematic. It was almost like a police scanner, and uh, it was definitely helpful um, less than it was harmful, and I stopped using it. But one of the last things I saw before I left New York was someone just chose – so it was basically like, hey, there's – it was basically supposed to be like, hey, there's a fire here, or there's police presence here, or like, you know – uh, this road's going to be closed. It was like giving you information before um, you could get it from, you know, police or fire or whatever. Often it was used to be sort of racist and I'm sure um, it was not kind to uh, black people or otherwise marginalized communities. But it did give me one good thing, which was that someone found a raccoon stuck in a um stuck in their grate trying to get garbage and it they live streamed it for like the full like five hours it took for animal control to get there and it was just like a raccoon butt like flying in the air for like five hours and like people would see it on citizen and then like go it was like became a tourist attraction for like five hours so people would be like oh i live near there like let's go see the raccoon's butt like in the grate it was just a fun it was a fun day i would love more of that online um you remember, were you like, do you remember when April, the giraffe was about, like, there was a huge yes. Facebook to do about like when she was going to give birth? Yes. 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 I miss that. <laughs> I miss those days. I do, don't, you, it's like, it was pre, I think I always say like 2014 was like the last good year on the internet because it was before Trump announced he was running and it was before like fake news and all of that shit. And it would just be like brands doing like weird stuff. Uh, and one of the most memorable things I think we talked about on the podcast like not too long ago, but was Vagina Plane, which was in 2014, which was an American Airlines replied to a customer on Twitter and attached an image. And the image was of a um, toy plane inside a woman's vagina. And it was like, it was like a porn. <laughs> it, yeah, it was like a porn image. Saw that. Well, you were going to Google it after we're done talking and you will see it. And it's very hard to unsee. <laughs> but it was up there for like six hours. And at the time... Uh. 
I was a reporter and one of my jobs was just to be like, this thing is going viral. So I wrote like 19,000 blog posts a day being like, everyone's talking about this. This thing's going viral. And I think I wrote like two sentences that was like, American Airlines just tweeted a picture of a toy plane and a vagina and it's still up. <laughs> and then being like, update to this post. Uh, the picture is still up. And I had, a, I had a fun job. But like, we never get that anymore. You never get vagina plane days. Oh, the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Sarah, did you bring something specific that you have bought that you've loved? Is it was it hard to narrow it down? Is there a product you're so dying hard. to tell us about? So there's two. Okay. I'm gonna get talk about two because I feel bad talking about an expensive product. So I'm gonna first start out with a three, maybe it's two dollar product. Oh, I love it. And um it's I've talked about it a lot. It's the Bear Focus Timer. It's an app on Apple. And I've talked about a lot. I'm terrible at focusing. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of it is because I just like, like unconsciously reach for my phone. And so the bear focus timer, is just like this cartoon bear. You can set how long you want it. I don't know if you're familiar with the Pomodoro method. I am. Where, yeah. And I use it. I use yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So it uses a Pomodoro method. You can be like, okay, I want to focus for four 20 minute intervals. And then you have to like set your phone face down in order for it to start the timer and if you pick it up the timer stops and the bear gets mad at you oh he's very judgy boy um and then you can listen to white noise or you can listen to spotify but i like doing the white noise it really helps like ground me and make me focus and actually jolie um reached out to me just like a few weeks ago or maybe it was last week and was like oh my gosh this thing is life-changing i'm like yeah it really really helps you just like get through some projects i had someone say that usually takes her six hours to do this one thing and um bear focus timer helped her get it down to a four so oh, I don't damn know. wow i'm like in shock over here i'm looking at the timer yeah it's it's so and like how long did I, it take you to get to a point if you're there to get to a point where you actually like stopped subconsciously picking up your uh, phone I, I haven't, oh, okay. I haven't gotten to that point yet, which is insane. I just, I never get to it. Um, I would say, so I do usually four rounds of 20 minutes. So the first round it's like, okay, minute 18, I'm picking up my phone. I'm like, whoa, it was only two minutes. <laughs> I was focusing. Oh my gosh. Uh, but then like by round three, I'm a lot more disciplined or I just won't want to take a break or anything. Um, so it's just like, it's almost like I need that first 20 minutes to really remind me like you need to be focusing. Oh, okay. This is very intriguing to me. Okay. Well, I mean, you're a writer. Like I write like marketing stuff. It's just so hard for me to just start. Like, I oh yeah, I can't do that. With writing, and it really helps me there. Okay, I'm gonna have to download this. Um, one of the things that I've realized about myself is I do my best work between 3 a.m. and 10 a.m., which means that, um, and I've just sort of succumbed to it. But I usually go to bed between like eight and nine, and I will wake up at three and work. Um until 10 a.m. and I get a ton done and it's crazy and it's nuts and I don't do it every day but I do it a lot and I think one of the reasons why it works for me is because uh you know the email the emails don't come in at 3 a.m. the texts don't come in at 3 a.m. and I think maybe I'm not I didn't even realize it but it was more like there just weren't that many other distractions like all I could do were tasks that needed time and focus because if I'm doing it during the day it's like someone's trying to talk to me or like I'm texting or like my group chat's going or 
like I don't know the dog and blah, blah. and I and I think that part of why I'm so successful in the witching hours of the night is because of like the distract the, the distractions are so limited. Um, and I wonder if maybe I could just operate a, on a normal schedule if I get this timer. Um, I can't make any guarantees. Because, <laughs> like, I'm still, I'm not like uh, getting a gold medal and focusing, but I'm getting, I feel like I'm more productive because my problem is like in corporate America, you're just like in meetings all the time. Yes. So it's hard when you only have like an hour between meetings or half an hour, because once you get into a groove and that's interrupted, mm. it's so hard to get back to that groove. It's so, so hard. Me, like I've got to get it done now because this is the only time I have. So it just helps me get it done then, but I'm still not great at focusing. Yeah. I, I'm not either. Do you take like ADHD medication at all or like just Missy? I don't, um, Missy does. So I like got tested for it and they're like, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I have it. And they're like, I don't think you would do either, but my doctor, um, recommended Wellbutrin because it can help. Mm -hmm. Um, it's actually like a lot of, they, a lot of, they use it sometimes as a first line for ADHD besides like going straight for the controlled substances. Interesting. Um, yeah. So like when I first started it, it was crazy um it felt like I couldn't stop shaking my leg (laughs) like I guess people can lose weight on it but I'm not taking that high of a dose because um I don't like how it makes me too jittery Mm -hmm. um but it's just it just made me focus better the uh the bear focus timer it's 199 is that like a lifetime payment yeah oh okay I'm sold paid it once all right, I think I can spare the one ninety nine. Every time there's like an app, I'm like, well, I couldn't possibly pay ninety nine cents for this. Like, I don't just buy worthless shit constantly. That's more than ninety nine cents. Yes. Uh, like I don't that. know. The barrier to entry on an app for me is like weirdly. There's like a weird block there. I have. Me too. It's just like I was like, okay, I kept buying like physical timers. Yeah, they weren't working because mm. I was picking up my phone. So I'm willing to spend twenty seven dollars on a physical timer, but like. I hesitated with a $2 charge. Yes. I find the timer really does work for me, but it doesn't stop me from picking up my phone. I just know that I have a specific amount of time to get things done. But I think maybe there there's a good marriage to be had between the yes. don't pick up your phone timer and the Pomodoro timer, which I really do like. Okay. And then you said you had an expensive product for us. Yes. Yeah, so this one I talk about a lot um, is K-18. I, I did not discover it by any means. Um, I just bought it to try and because um, there's an Instagram account, the beauty blogger, she like posted about it and I had seen people talk about it before and I'm like, mm, this is really expensive because it's $75. What I'm is not it? Try it. Um, so it's like, it's like permanent hair repair. What? So it's like the new line. Um, it's so hard to explain because I'm not into hair at all, but like Olaplex, does the something disulfide bonds and repairs those so this is like a new line that is patented that repairs both the disulfide bonds and some other bond i can't remember what it is but it repairs both of them and it's like permanent so like with olaplex which i I use religiously i do yeah no i need to hear more so i like went lighter blonder and my hair was like a mess so I would have to use Olaplex mask weekly but the thing is is I just hated using it because 
I'd have to get my hair wet first and then I'd have to use a mask, let right. it sit. And then I'd have to wash it out. Sometimes I would just like sleep in it. I don't know. It just was like a really long process. So the reason why I wanted to try this one is because you just take a shower. Don't, sh- you don't put conditioner in. So okay. you just shampoo. Okay. You get out, you dry your hair, you let it dry for like four minutes or whatever. You rinse the shampoo and then, out. Yeah. I rinse the shampoo. Okay. And then you add some pumps of K18 and um, it, it's like probably I have short, fine hair, so I can get away with like one to two pumps. Okay. And you just let it sit in your hair for four minutes and then it's, it feels like you did an Olaplex treatment. Interesting. It's so much easier. Is it yeah, really? And it makes your hair so soft. Yeah. It was crazy. Like the huh. time I used it, I was like, I got them in May. I got it in May. Okay. And I used it and I'm like, whoa. My hair is so soft. This is so huh. weird. So I texted um, my Instagram friend, Courtney Grow mm-hmm. and Goldstein with Glowing. And I was like, okay, can you guys order this? Because I'm not sure if it's just in my head um, that this is this good. And they tried it. They're like, whoa, this is so good. Like huh. it helped. Re- it just makes your hair. It repair. It permanently repairs your hair. So like with Olaplex, you'd have to use it week to week yes. to see the effects. Um, both K18, it like permanently repairs it. Wow. So, um, like, people were using it and, like, their natural curl pattern was coming back, which happened to me, which was actually kind of annoying because I only have naturally curly hair, like, in my bangs. Oh, that's really really interesting. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, Oh, wow. So, like, I love it. Uh Some people are like, it's changed my hair, my hairdressers. Like, what did you do? Your hair looks amazing. Um, so like it's 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 pretty life changing I think but it's expensive well, seventy five dollars and I think if you're if you have thick hair I do um it, yeah it might be harder to justify the cost which I always have because you have to use code, more of, of it yeah you have to use more of it well um, that's the case with everything with thick hair I mean yeah. I'm just used to that I go through bottles of conditioner like way faster than anyone should just because there's just so much hair it's my crust to bear I get it but yeah how how long does it take for you to get through one one uh thing of k18 so k18 has 51 pumps in it um this is something like I did a, a deep dive on just using their website yeah <laughs> like but it has 51 pumps in it so um I use about two pumps and I think they say if you're if you have long thick hair, it could be like four to five pumps. Okay. So it could be like 10 uses with $75. But, um, and how often so are you supposed easy. to use it? So the first time you use it or to get the results you want, you use it four to six times in a row. So it doesn't mean you have to wash your hair four to six days in a row. It just means anytime you wash your hair, don't condition and use K18 instead. Okay. And then you can just maintain after that wow. or whenever you want. I've had people who just use it purely as their conditioner now um, I, because they wash their hair like once a week. I wash my hair more than that. Me too. So fine. Um, but, you know, to each their own. Well, it's funny that the fine hair gals and the thick hair gals have to do the same thing because they both get greasy. Yeah. Oh, my hair gets so greasy. I don't know. Who, whose disgusting. hair is not getting greasy? I, I don't know. My hair like, is like an I, oil slick. Like it has to get washed yeah. like every day. And everyone's like, no, you just have to train it. And I'm like, I feel disgust. If I have dirty hair, I feel disgusting. My yeah, It's not like training. Like you, I get hair BO. Like, I mean, totally. I've trained it to go every other day. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, 
I'm with you. Yeah, but and, and, yeah. and also just because it's like I don't have the time or like I don't feel like sometimes I'm so lazy and I don't get all the conditioner out and then it's like a whole production. Um, I was wondering, what's the uh, the thing I've been using from L'Oreal that's much cheaper, but the like Elvive. Oh, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, have, that one's pretty good. Have you used that? Water. Is that supposed to, yeah, the miracle water. Isn't I mean I love yeah. it. I used it this morning actually and then I blew my hair out and it feels so good. But like are do they have do they do different things? I mean, of course they do. But like Yeah, so I um there's someone, I can't remember what her name is, um, that did like a deep on um, like a deep dive on the differences. She's a hair scientist. Ooh. Um so things like that, they just temporarily temporarily repair frizz by like I don't know. They have some ingredient in it that like smooths down the hair cuticles, something like that. Sure. I'm not a scientist sure. or understand the science that well. So it's temporary, but it can still make your hair look great. Like I still use, I've been using um, this one stuff that Jolie just used too. It's like magic mist or something that uh-huh. um, I just realized Scott Dis- Disick is a part of. Oh, um, so oh great. It's like, <laughs> like, yeah. So I probably won't like recommend that, but um, it, it just like it just like smooths your hair down. So I still use other products. So after that four minutes is up, you can use whatever products you want. And I would say like the biggest because I don't I am I always say I'm a terrible salesperson because I'm going to be honest. Like, well, I think that makes um, you a great salesperson. Yeah, <laughs> truly. You know, but I'm not meaning quarterly goals or anything. Sure. Um, is that I think some of the biggest complaints I've heard are like from thick hair people. It's like you use too much, or like people who have. Um, hair that they need that conditioner to be able to like detangle uh, so it could be kind of hard to apply the cream without being able to detangle first mm. they can't detangle without conditioner if that makes sense uh-huh. um, so that was a big complaint but I sent you had um, Carmen on your podcast yeah. a few episodes ago yeah I sent some to her um, and she said because I wanted I'm like is this I had a lot of people ask like is this good for um, black like hair. And I said, I don't know. Um, obviously I'm not black. So I want to make sure that someone else has tried it. That is, and can give her experience. So I bought some for her and she said it worked really well for her hair. And I had a few other people, but then there was some other, um, some of my black followers who also got, um, bought it and who said it didn't work for them. I just want to like be transparent that it works for some people and doesn't work for others. It's, yeah. It hasn't been a hundred percent, but I would say like 85% um, of the comments I get about it are positive. And I would say the other 15% aren't that it doesn't work. It's just that it's expensive and um, it, they didn't notice that much of a difference in order to pay that much money again. That makes sense. I mean, look like everything is so subjective and I think that that's, part of the problem with like this landscape is like it really it can't be for nothing could be for everyone and if if something is trying to be for everyone it's definitely coming short um coming up short I mean so it's good to know uh your experience and it makes me want to try it and see for myself I think it would be interesting to see what my results are with like really thick hair or like how often because I'm like a, a classic over user of product and I go yeah. through Olaplex much faster than I should uh because it's like oh use a dime size amount and I'm like putting a handful um well that's gonna be hard with thick hair right you have that. so much I mean even with the um miracle water it's like you, you you with thick hair you have to use like half the bottle uh and it's only eight bucks so 
does make sense. But I get like three uses out of one bottle, which feels like not a wow. lot. I know they should make a bigger. It feels like they should make a bigger one because I feel like I'm buying it too much. Um, I know that's interesting. I'm looking to see where can you buy like K18 at like Sephora? Like where do you buy it? Um, I buy it at this, like, it's like a dermatology <clears throat> place called Lovely Skin. Okay. That's where I get mine from. Or you can buy, like, K18.com. They okay. have, like, a small $12 size. I think it has, like, four pumps in it that you can try. Um, but Lovely Skin usually has discounts. Amazing. I don't know if I'm supposed to, like, say that. But, yeah, they usually have it on discount. Nice. I think it's on sale right now, 22% off. Oh, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Do you recommend so, waiting for like a sale then and not buying it at the full? Definitely. Or? I okay. would not buy it full price. Um, but like right now or during the holidays, Lovely Skin almost always has a sale going on where like 20 to 25% off. Mm-hmm. Um, and K teams usually included. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, this is, I mean, you really brought like the, the spectrum from like, the bare focus timer to like the very expensive hair mask. she can do it all she can do it all yeah (laughs) um this is very exciting um and i'll also i just i'm like now gonna go like research the bald eagle because now i'm like just awash with memories of being in fifth grade and that being like the most important thing to me um right this is great sarah from my sister made me buy it thank you so much for joining us at g thanks Thanks for having me, Caroline. It was so fun. Tell everyone where they can follow you. And um, we will also link to everything that we talked about in the episode in the show notes. And uh, yeah, if you're not following My Sister Made Me Buy It, you are missing out, especially during the Sephora sale. I'm not even going to direct you guys to my own links. Go shop (laughs) through Sarah's links because the amount of work she did, it's, it's I bow down to you. So let everyone know where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, I have the most annoying name, but I, <laughs> it's stuck with me now, is at it. I don't think it's um, that annoying. It does make sense. It's just annoying to like verbally say it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm G thinks just bought it pot. It couldn't be longer. I like used every yeah, character. You're right. I'm with we you. We definitely have. Yeah, we definitely have the same thing. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm very excited to try both of your recommendations. And we will see everyone else for another episode of G Thanks Just Bought It next Friday. And before that, we'll see you Monday with Jen Fallick for our gift guide episodes. Okay, have a great weekend. Bye. You just listened to another episode of Do You Thanks Just Bought It, edited and mixed by Veronica Gruba and produced and hosted by me, Caroline Moss. In between episodes, you can always head to the G Thanks Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod and the G Thanks Facebook group to get and give life changing recommendations of your own. Subscribe to our weekly sale and discount emails at gthanks.substack.com. It's free. And you can reach me at caroline at gthanksjustboughtit.com or leave me a message at 424 245 0736 with a product recommendation, and you may be featured on an upcoming episode. G Thanks is powered by subscribers like you. To keep all of our G Thanks content free and accessible to all, consider making a monthly donation of $2 to keep us going at patreon.com slash G Thanks and friends.